Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. God's revealed will is always that starting point, but then there is his specific will, okay? His specific will is this. It's the individualized extension of his revealed will. So you start here with the revealed will, and then you gradually get clarity on the individual, on the individualized uh, application of that into your life. And so what do you do? You evaluate things. You, you evaluate your gifts. You evaluate your experiences. You, you get men, uh, mentors in your life. You get guidance from other people that are uh, more knowledgeable than you as it relates to things like parenting and marriage and career advice. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Throughout history, people have longed to understand what God's will is for their life. We often struggle with difficult questions and decisions related to our families, careers, our hopes and dreams, and our futures. Sometimes when faced with challenges and hardships in life, our faith can be tested and it becomes hard to understand what God wants us to do. Fortunately for us, the Bible offers many great lessons and encouragement to help us through these difficult times. One great example can be found in the life of Joseph. In this sermon series, we'll be examining the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis to uncover the main theme of God's faithfulness even when life doesn't go our way. Please enjoy the message. Uh, about, I was just thinking about this, about 15 years ago when my wife and I, I think we, we were engaged, but we would often drive around and as we would go different places and see different things, um, you know, we had to do what most of us had to do at that point. If you didn't know where you were going, you would go to MapQuest and you would either uh, write down the directions of wherever you were going or you'd print them off. And so we'd all have these like stacks of paper that, would, that we'd flip through and where we'd try to find the map and try to navigate through and figure out where it is that we were going. That was what we would, that's just what, how we did things. And so she would sit next to me and tell me where I needed to go. And, and, and she would often do that. Even if we didn't have the map quest, she'd say, well, you need to go here and you need to go there. And this is the direction that we, we need to be headed. I mean, it's just the way things go. But then about 10, 12 years ago, that my wife developed some competition. Um, and you understand this because that competition is Siri or, or it's your Google Maps. And it's those Google Maps that began to tell us where we needed to go. And, and recently we've had some trips that we've had to take on where we didn't have, uh, we didn't exactly know where we were going. And so my wife is saying, I need to get off at the exit. And then Siri is saying, you need to go straight. And, and you know, what do you do in that kind of a situation? You know, because you know, like even if Siri's correct, she's really wrong. And, and I got to play the long game here. So if my wife's telling me I got to get off of the exit, I got to get off of the exit because it's just going to make everything better for everybody. So, you know, it's one of those where you can be right, but you're really wrong deals. So that, that, so there's that competition that was taking place. And, and it's interesting. I think in life we can have that as well, just with decisions we make and choices uh, that we're having to sort through. We can have these competing voices that there's this intersection of, of, of advice that maybe we're receiving, maybe this gut feeling that we have. Uh, and then we're trying to figure out what it is that the Lord would want for us. And maybe you don't believe in Jesus, and, and maybe you're not exactly sure about God's will and what all that means. And, and, and here's essentially what that means as you figure out God's will for your life. It means that, it means that you're going to have peace about the direction that you're heading in. It means that there, there is going to be some contentment that can be experienced that maybe you've never experienced before. It means that you're going to, again, be able to partner with him in a mission 
that is greater than yourself and you're going to be able to accomplish some things that you would have never thought you would be able to accomplish and you're going to be able to make an impact that won't just be for the here and the now for a few minutes but it's going to be eternal and so we wonder what exactly is God's will and it's hard to know though just as as an example I'll read a few people that are sorting through a few uh, comments that that I have as some people are beginning to try to figure out what exactly God's will is for them Hey, I have an opportunity to be a part of this new business. Would you say a prayer for me? Because I'm not really, really sure what God wants. It's a lot of upfront money that we don't necessarily have right now. Or another person said, I've been dating this guy for two years. I'm just not sure if he's the one I'm supposed to marry. Can you pray about that? Or somebody else said, hey, we're thinking about starting a family, but maybe we should wait We're not really sure if we can afford it, and the world's a little bit scary right now to bring a child into anyway. I've been offered a great job, someone else says, and I think the job is the right thing, but I I have to move, and that feels like the wrong thing. What am I supposed to do? And somebody else said, my marriage is miserable. I can't help but wonder if, if I've married the wrong person, if I've missed God's will for my life when it comes to my spouse. Maybe the person that he wanted me to marry is still out there somewhere. And I can go on and on about different stories like that of people that are trying to figure out what exactly is the Lord's will in all varieties of different areas of our life. And so with that in mind, we're beginning this character study on the person of Joseph in the book of Genesis. And we're going to look at several chapters, but over the course of seven weeks, we're going to study the life of Joseph. And he's a guy who essentially, as we're going to find out, he had God's will revealed to him, but it was fuzzy, it was hazy. Everybody around him had an inclination of what all that meant that God was revealing to him, but they didn't know how they were going to get there. They didn't know how it was all going to transpire. And what we're going to find out is actually a significant period of time, almost 23 years before that will would even come to pass. And so there was a lot that had to happen between the time he had a sense of what was going to take place in his life and before it would actually take place in his life. And so how do you, how do you handle that? How do you stay faithful when life just doesn't seem to go your way? That's what we're going to find out in the story of Joseph. And a big part of that is is discerning God's will. Now, i got to lay a theological foundation for us before we jump into that that passage of Scripture that we're going to look at in in, uh, Genesis chapter 37. And the the foundation is this, is is in essence there's, there's two forms of God's will that we need to be aware of. And you might say that there are others, and that's okay, but for our sake, we're going to say there's two. And, and they are simply this. There's God's revealed will, okay? And there's his specific will. God's revealed will is the guidance that he offers to all people, that he offers us in Scripture to all people. And that is the thing that we got to catch here. That is the starting point. That is what we all need to be aware of. And if, if nothing else you get out of today's message is this, is that we need to become more acquainted with his revealed will because we spend way too much time trying to figure out his specific will, whether it's the, the place that we need to eat at for lunch or, or, you know, or it's the school that we need to go to or, the, or maybe it's a sports team that we need to be a part of or whatever it is. And we've got a variety of different specific requests that we're trying to figure out. The biggest thing that we have to know right here and right now as a people is what is his revealed will. And he's made it available to us. Deuteronomy 29, 29. This is an amazing verse. Listen to this. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. And we have to acknowledge that. That there are things that 
we are never going to fully understand. And there are things that we are never going to be able to fully comprehend. And they're just things that we just don't see. The secret things belong to him. So that is always going to be a consideration that we have to have when it comes to God's will. But the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may follow all the words of this law forever. Forever is forever. It's not just 1000 BC with King David. It's not just the first century with the apostles. It's even in the 21st century with us. That's what that means, that this word of his, his revealed truth to us, is the thing that we have to become most acquainted with if we're gonna really figure out what God's will is. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. And so maybe, as an example, you're sorting through a boss that's maybe a bit unreasonable. Or maybe you're sorting through a neighbor that's harassing you, you might even say. Or maybe you've got issues with siblings. Maybe you've got challenges with your parents. And you're wondering, how exactly am I supposed to handle this in a way that's going to honor God? How am I just supposed to handle this in general? Well, you know what the Bible says? You know what His revealed will says? It says to pray for your enemies. Now, it's not going to Sort out every little nuance of that situation. But God's revealed will will give you a starting point. And when you begin to align your life more with his revealed will, then all of a sudden that specific will that we'll touch on here in a moment, that specific will for you and for me become, begins to become more clear. You know, maybe you're wondering, just as an example, I mean, again, we're very, we're very prosperous here. And in a very earthly, worldly, temporary sense. I mean, we're a very affluent area. And maybe you're wondering about a, a camper that you need to purchase. Or you're wondering about a, 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 maybe a boat that you want to buy. Or maybe it's a second property. Or maybe it's some kind of an investment that you're considering. And, and we start to wade through all of these different things. And we're wondering, you know, God, what do you want me to do? Well, really, the starting place is, are you generous? Are you a joyful giver? Are you really giving in a way that affects your life? I tell you what I found in our, in our situation specifically is that, you know, because we, we've always given a tithe to the church, which is 10%, we've always done that. 
And I found that for us specifically, and then even for others, that it's that generosity that's actually protected us from making bad decisions with our money. Because maybe that little bit is just enough for you to consider making some speculative investment. Maybe it's that decision that's just enough to cause you to want to go spend a half a million dollars on a camper. We were walking by one of those the other day, and my kids are like, we need to get one of these. And I'm like, no, we do not. I do not want to drive around in one of those things. No way. Are you kidding me? Imagine all the nice hotels we could stay in if we didn't buy that. And we still wouldn't spend as much money as we would on one of those things. You know what I'm saying, though? God's revealed will is always that starting point. But then there is his specific will, okay? His specific will is this. It's the individualized extension of his revealed will. So you start here with the revealed will, and then you gradually get clarity on the individual, on the individualized uh, application of that into your life. And so what do you do? You evaluate things. You, you evaluate your gifts. You evaluate your experiences. You, you get men, uh, mentors in your life. You get guidance from other people that are uh, more knowledgeable than you as it relates to things like parenting and marriage and career advice. I had a, I had a situation. It was, it was while we were actually interviewing to, for this position here at this church, and I was talking to my father-in-law about it, and and I was saying, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. We really, we, we liked the area that we were in, but the situation wasn't the best. And we felt like there needed to be some kind of change. And, and I knew I wanted to be a senior pastor. And, and that's in essence what he asked me. He said, do, well, do you want to be a senior pastor? And I said, yes. He said, okay, well, is there any other church that's asking you to be their senior pastor? <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> he said, well, there you go. Now, is there a chapter and verse for that? No, there's not. And there's a point at which, again, we start with the Lord's will, and then we begin to, his revealed will, and then we begin to work from there to figure out that individualized, specific will for our lives. And so God's specific will is, again, that individualized extension of his revealed will for our lives. Now, here's a key idea that you have to understand when it comes to this what we're talking about, is that God's specific will will never contradict his revealed will. Let me say it again. God's specific will for your life will never contradict his revealed will. I'll give you a verse for that in a second, but, but I'll apply it to those of you that are single. He says in his word, do not become unequally yoked. And I'm telling you, don't become unequally yoked with somebody in marriage. I've seen it so many times to where that other person will pull back, will pull the person that's trying to pursue the Lord, have, allow their faith to come out in their lives. They pull them back and may even turn them away from the faith altogether in Christ. And so you need somebody who has the same belief system, value system as you. And then when you get married together, then you run together and you begin to continue. Or from there, you're beginning that marriage together, growing together. It's an amazing thing. But he's saying, don't get together with somebody who's unequally yoked. But, but, but you would say, but I like this person. I'm attracted to this person. I love this person. Yeah, but God's individual will will never contradict his revealed will. It can't, because if he does that, then he has to deny himself. That's what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. God cannot deny himself.
self. That's why it is so important for us to begin with his revealed will and align our lives with that as much as we possibly can through the power of the Holy Spirit and his grace. And then the individual will becomes more and more clear as we journey along. Now, all of that, okay, that's the foundation. All of that brings us into this, this passage of Scripture in Genesis 37 with Joseph. Now, Joseph is in a bit of a, a precarious situation. He's 17. He's the favorite uh, of his father, Jacob, who also has 12 sons. And the other 11, well, the 10 of them at least, hate Jacob. They hate him. So much, in fact, as we're going to come to find out that they're willing to sell him off into slavery. I mean, you think you got it bad with your siblings? Wow. This guy gets sold off into slavery, sent to another country, and then they tell, then they're going to get, then they're going to tell Jacob, well, he's dead. He got killed by an animal. I mean, it's bad. It's a really, it's about as bad as it possibly gets. And Jacob only makes it worse. So rather than just favoring his son through different decisions, he goes even farther with it. He gives him this pretty coat that has long sleeves, goes all the way to the ground. And let me tell you something. If you've got a coat that has long sleeves, that means that you're doing work in the office. You're inside. The brothers are in the field. They're slaving away. And so Jacob is, Jacob is favoring this son of his who is 17. And I emphasize his age 17 because what we're going to find out about Joseph in this passage of Scripture is that it's going to take 23 years for what's going to get revealed to him to come to pass. That's a long time. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, we wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. So let's pick up in verse 1 of Genesis 37, and this is what it says. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers. Really, they're the ones doing the tending. He's just supervising. He's checking in. The sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah. Now, I don't understand that, those names. I mean, come on. Maybe they're twins. Hard to know. His father's wives. He brought their father a bad report about them, being the brothers. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made an ornate robe for him. 
So it was very obvious that he was favored. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, though. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Okay, now, I don't know if you've heard of emotional intelligence. (laughs) He had none of it. His brothers hate him, and so now he's going to go to them and say, guess what, you're going to bow down to me one day. I mean, that's just complete disconnect. The guy could not read the room at all. His brothers said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of the dream and what he said. And then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, I had another dream and this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well, his brothers, his father, as as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I, your brothers actually come to actually come and bow down to the ground before you his brothers were jealous of him but his father his father he kept all of this in mind and so Jacob has something revealed to him it's a little bit fuzzy it's a little bit confusing he feels like he knows where his life is heading but he doesn't know exactly how he's going to get to this point where the last thing his brothers would ever do is bow down to him but somehow some way it's going to happen and his, bro- and his father keeps all of that in mind. And so what does that teach us as it relates to God's will for our lives and the lessons for that? Well, I think one of the first things here is as God is beginning to maneuver and to work through Joseph's life, the first thing that we learn here is this, is that God's will is greater than your messy reality. Like, there's this part of us that feels like whenever we're sorting through challenging situations and maybe bad decisions that we've made, that somehow your decision and my decision is greater than God's will. We think that we can actually get in the way of whatever it is that God wants to have happen, we can actually get in the way of keeping that from happening. And the truth is, is that his will is always greater than whatever our messy reality would be. Like, I know of a guy who came up in a very, very challenging home. Abusive father, alcoholic mother. Obviously, they end up getting a divorce. That's not going to work out. He bounces around. Sometimes he's fed. Sometimes he isn't. He's in a situation where he's incredibly insecure. He didn't get the right education, but he ended up finally graduating high school. But he's got all these emotional issues. He's essentially got PTSD from his childhood. And, he, and he's saying, I don't, I don't even think that God, I don't think that God can even use me now. I'm so messed up. Like he doesn't feel like he has a future. He doesn't feel like God's will can really be seen in his life because of the childhood that he had. And then maybe your situation's like that. Maybe it's, again, it's that marriage. Or maybe it's a bad career choice. Maybe it's a bad degree choice. Maybe it's $150,000 of student loans that you probably shouldn't have taken out. And you just feel like nothing is ever going to be able to come together for you. Well, let me, let me take you back to Joseph. 
and Jacob specifically. Jacob was a mess. The guy was absolute, he was a swindler and he steals his brother's birthright from him and so his brother wants to kill him. So he runs off to this guy named Laban, who's his uncle. He starts working for Laban. And as he's working for Laban, he makes this arrangement to marry Laban's daughter, Rachel. And so he works for Laban for seven years. And then there's the marriage ceremony. And what does Jacob do? Well, Jacob gets drunk. He drinks so much, in fact, that Laban decides to take advantage of him. And he's got this other daughter named Leah that nobody wants to marry. And so he puts Leah in, 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 in Rachel's place. He switches them out, and then Jacob consummates the marriage with Leah, and now all of a sudden, Jacob's married to Leah the next morning. He's like, how did this happen? Well, then he spends another seven years trying to get Rachel, and he finally gets Rachel. And and here's the thing as we come back to God's will, is polygamy is never endorsed in the Bible. That marriage is between a man and a woman, period. The two become one. That's it. Now, God works through that, these things in our culture that we are accepting of. God will still use those situations. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.